Lesson Five of Within the Deep by R. Cadwallader Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lesson Five, The Ogre of the Deep. The ogre of the fairy tale is bad enough, but for evil looks, the octopus is worse still. With his tough brownish skin knobbed like the toad's back, his large staring eyes, his parrot's beak, and ugly bag of a body the octopus is a horrid-looking creature. Add to this eight long arms twisting and writhing like snakes, and you have an idea of the most hideous inhabitant of the deep. Then, like the ogre, the octopus lives in a cavern and goes forth at night to claim his victims. He tears them to pieces and returns to his dark cavern when daylight comes. Before seeing how this ugly monster lives, eats, breathes, and fights, we must know something of the way he is made. In the first place, it may surprise you to know that the octopus's body is made on the same plan as that of the snail. The ogre of the ocean and the garden snail are second cousins. Their family name, mollusk, means soft-bodied. But there are such numbers of mollusks that we split them up into different orders, just as a big school is split into classes. The octopus belongs to an order of mollusks with a long name, which only means head-footed. Why is he called head-footed? The snail, as you know, has one broad foot under its body. The foot of the octopus is divided into eight strips. These long strips are set round his head hence the name head-footed. Because there are eight of these long feet, he is named octopus, or eight feet. The feet, or arms, or tentacles, as they are called, are joined at their base by a skin. It makes a sort of webbing. In the center of this is a horny beak, usually of a brownish color. It is just like a parrot's beak, only of thinner and lighter stuff. There are two parts to it, the top one curving down over the lower one. Behind this beaked mouth is a hard, rasping tongue. On each side of the head is a big, staring eye, and behind the ugly head is the ugly body, like a bag. The octopus breathes by means of gills. Water enters through a big hole under the head, passes over the gills, and out again through a funnel, or siphon. Now the octopus can make good use of this siphon. Sometimes he is attacked and wishes to make himself scarce, so he sends the water rapidly through the siphon. The force is enough to jerk him quickly backwards, his arms trailing behind. The octopus and his relations have another dodge as well. They possess a bag of inky fluid. By mixing this ink with the spurt of water from the funnel, the octopus leaves a thick cloud behind him. The enemy is lost in this dark cloud, while the octopus darts safely away. Having no armor to protect him, and no shelly home like that of the snail, the octopus is an easy prey to large fish, seals, and whales. So this trick of shooting backwards, hidden in a cloud of ink, must be of great use. Soldiers and sailors use clouds of smoke to baffle their enemy in battle. The octopus uses clouds of ink. Sharks, conger eels, and whales are able to fight the octopus and eat his soft body. But small fish and crabs keep away from the ogre if they can. 
This is not easy, for he hides away under rocks, watching with his great eyes for passing prey. If anything comes near enough, out flicks a long, tapering, snaky arm, and holds the victim tight. Down the inside of each arm are nearly three hundred round suckers. Each one acts like those leather suckers with which boys sometimes play. Once fixed, it is nearly impossible to unloose them without chopping or tearing the arm to pieces. First one and then another sucker takes hold, and the wretched victim is drawn up to the ogre's beak with no chance of escape. When one sees the grasping power of even a small octopus, it is easy to believe that a large one would be a dangerous enemy. The strongest swimmer would stand no chance. Those clinging arms could hold two or three men under water. Luckily, the octopus has no wish to attack people. It is not fierce, but to the crabs it must seem an awful ogre. I once watched an octopus on the lookout for food. It had its lair between two rocks, its twining arms showing outside, its eyes and body in the shadow. Along came a crab, scuttling near the rocks. He spied the ogre at once, stopping and raising his claws as crabs do, like a boxer, ready to fight. The crab, having strong pinchers and a good suit of armor, I expected to see him fight for life. But no, like poor bunny chased by the dreaded stoat, the crab gave in as soon as the ogre flicked him with an arm. The suckers gripped him fast, and still holding up his claws, he was drawn into the den of his dreadful enemy. Although armed with a beak, the octopus seems not to use it against the crab. He prefers to pull the poor crab to pieces with his strong arms, and then to pick up the crab meat with the hooked beak. When full-fed, he retires to his den. He sometimes pulls shells and stones over the entrance, and rests within until hungry. In this strange order of mollusks, there are dwarfs and giants. One kind is never more than two inches long. Others are vast monsters. The octopus is big enough and ugly enough to make one shudder to see him. But the real ogre of the deep is the giant cuttlefish, beside which the octopus is a tiny mite. These giant cuttles have ten arms, two of them being very long. The octopus's body is round, like that of a fat spider, while the cuddle has a long body. The cuddle has many sharp claws on its arms, besides numbers of big, strong suckers. It holds and tears its prey at the same time. Its staring eyes are like big black lanterns on each side of the head. The head twists this way and that, so that nothing escapes the glare of those horrible eyes. Lurking in the dark depths of the sea, these giant cuddles wait for large fish, crabs, or even their own relations to come near. Like hideous, gigantic spiders, they are the terror of the ocean caverns. They are so large that they have few enemies to fear. Indeed, it is surprising that any animal dares to attack such a monster. But that other giant, the sperm whale, dives deep into the home of the cuddles, purposely to attack and eat them. The sperm whale must attack these big creatures in order to get enough food. He has such a huge, barn-like body to fill that only these big cuddles will satisfy him. 
whale hunters sometimes catch a glimpse of terrific combats between these giants of the deep the sperm wins the battle for he is nearly always found to contain great pieces of the ogre's arms although the octopus and the cuttle are related to the snail and whelk they have no shell their bodies are naked neither do they grow a backbone or skeleton but inside the body the cuttle has a plate of chalk which you may find on the shore some kinds have a long strip of transparent substance like a large feather fishermen use the smaller kinds of cuttle as bait you will find it quite easy to cut out the beaks and bone for yourself or the fishermen will not mind saving them for you exercises one what is the meaning of the words mollusk and octopus two how does the octopus capture its prey three how does the octopus escape its enemies four what creatures prey on the cuttle and octopus end of lesson five